Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. Come on, right where you are, it doesn't matter whether or not you're in your car, your living room, in your office, just put your hands together, hallelujah, and just say, Lord, I love you more than anything. I love you more than anything, hallelujah. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He has smiled on us today and shown us Glory to God that he is still in control. Hallelujah. doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. God has a way of showing how strong and marvelous he is. And we love him and honor him for it on today. Well, I'd like to invite you to go with me to the word of the Lord. Amen. I'm encouraged by, hallelujah, what I believe God is up to. And I just want to be able to share it with you in hopes that you'll become encouraged and excited as well. And so I invite you to go with me to the book of St. John, the 20th chapter. St. John chapter 20. And we'll be reading beginning at the 19th verse through its entirety. St. John chapter 20, verse 19. And it reads thusly. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so, I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. My God. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side I will not believe and after eight days again the disciples 
were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Word of the Lord is blessed. Just before we pray, I want to take a thought from this passage of scripture. And my thought is, and it may sound a little bit unusual, but my thought is to go get the one that's missing. Go get the one that's missing. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity to stand before your people. Thank you for the privilege, oh God, that of selecting me as a vessel, oh God, to be able to be used as a conduit in order, oh God, to communicate your will, your thoughts, your encouragements, your challenge for your people. We ask you now, Lord Jesus, to take full control. God, you have the ability. You have no limitations. We ask, God, that you would go through the airwaves and through the internet and through, oh God, whatever other mediums there are, Lord, that you need to be able to get to your people, oh God, the message of hope. God, the message, oh God, of deliverance. Realizing, oh God, that as you breathe on us today, God, you breathe on us your spirit so that we might fulfill your plan. God, as we look around, we can imagine, God, that somebody is missing. Somebody, oh God, that should hear the word of the Lord. Somebody, oh God, that might be discouraged. Hallelujah. Enable us, oh God, to realize who they are. God, and use the gift, the talent. Use the spirit of God that you have placed on the inside of us to be living epistles, to be vessels that can be used, oh God, so that there might be completeness and wholeness in the body of Christ. These things we ask in your name and for your sake. We say thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. As Christians, we look at scriptures and normally when we look at scripture we we internalize scripture and we realize scripture uh, from the position of worship we don't look at scripture from a political standpoint of view or in a historical context often but many times we're looking at it only from the place 
in the standpoint of being able to, to worship God. But as we look at this passage, we must allow ourselves, we must allow uh, a thinking that in the day that we are speaking of, that Jesus Christ himself was, was quite a controversial figure. He did things that caused uh, great disdain among the political leaders and the religious leaders of that particular day and went against many of the beliefs that they held because he was bringing something to them that was new, something that they weren't really familiar with. So in that particular day and time, Jesus wasn't as popular then as he is for us right now. But many times people don't recognize and can't appreciate the contribution that many of us make until after we are no longer present. And so we see Jesus in this particular day and time as a trendsetter. We see him as a rule breaker. He didn't always play by others' rules. And he did things that many times would be considered out of bounds. In that day, it was against tradition for there to be large gatherings. However, during the days of Jesus Christ, he, he, would, he would require a, a, a gathering, glory to God, of, of many, many people. And the religious leaders didn't like that because they wanted to be able to maintain control. Nevertheless, the audiences would come. Hallelujah, the, the, the gatherings would become large. On occasions, he would be able to speak before 5,000. I recall on one occasion that, that Jesus had such a huge crowd as he was preaching uh, by the lake shore that he actually had to borrow Peter's boat, glory to God, and use it as a pulpit so that there would be more room for those to congregate and gather that wanted to hear Jesus Christ preach and teach salvation. A woman uh, opened up her home on one occasion so that Jesus might be able to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so many gathered there, the house was so full until uh, some friends brought a layman. And when there was no room for them to enter into the enter in through the front door, they, they went up on top of the roof, opened up the lady's rooftop, glory to God, uh, and, uh, and lowered him down through the roof so that he might hear the words of Jesus Christ and be healed. Jesus did a lot of things during that time, especially healing, and he didn't always wait for the right time or the right place in order to do it. He healed on days that the Pharisees thought that he shouldn't be healing on. He touched people that they didn't think that he should touch. As a matter of fact, a woman who had the issue of blood, hallelujah, according to the Jewish law, should have never been able to touch Jesus or anybody else for that matter. But because of the, the urgency of her condition, she crawled through the crowd, the Bible says, and touched the hem of his garment, and he didn't rebuke her. But he said, uh, hallelujah, who touched me? And when they found out who touched, glory to God, who had touched her, 
of her healing was realized just by being in the crowd. Sometimes I have found out that being in the will of God and doing what God wants you to do will cause you to be sometimes uh, misunderstood and sometimes fall out or get out of the good graces of other people. Because sometimes when you're doing the Lord's work, you can't, they don't really understand what's going on and you become controversial yourself. Can you imagine thousands of people which were following Jesus at that time. And, and if you had the ability to kind of be in the crowd and be able to follow him and see him heal the sick and raise the dead, give sight to the blind, in my mind, it must have been amazing. I can only, I can only compare those days to some days that we see where, where we have rock stars and entertainers and, and, and personalities like of the sort of, of Michael Jordan where wherever you go, people want to be near you. They want to be around you. They want to be able to extract something from you because they realize that you have uh, what they need in order to be delivered, in order to be set free. And it, it occurred to me in, in this particular passage, Jesus had prayed for them and the, and the disciples received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and what that does for us today it is it empowers us to do the will of Almighty God and so Jesus is going through the city and he is taking the opportunity to, to exercise and use the gifts that, that he had been given in order to heal the sick, in order to give sight to the blind, in order to do miracles. The Bible even says uh, that, that some of the miracles and many of the miracles that he did, they aren't even recorded in the Bible. He did that many miracles. But then all of a sudden, uh, hallelujah, as we begin to get closer to this particular passage of scripture and we set the scene for it, we realize that, that, that right before we get to this point, hallelujah, something has happened. The rock star has been somehow uh, characterized as a criminal and he gets in trouble. Glory to God. And when he gets in trouble, all many of those that would follow him start to desert him. And it brought to my mind, hallelujah, how important it is for us, those that live for God, to get to the point to where we realize and know, hallelujah, it doesn't matter who you are. At some point, because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to go through a period and a time when people aren't with you. When we don't have as much support as we think that we ought to have. But it is in those times, I believe, glory to God, when we begin to realize, hallelujah, just how faithful our God is. Because he said, I'll be with you always. In the good times, I'm with you. In the bad times, I'm with you. I realize as you look through passages of scripture, you experience, hallelujah, what I experience, that sometimes folk were with me and sometimes they were not with me. Glory to God. But I'm telling you, that regardless of what's happening to you on the outside, I am always with you. Glory to God. And to understand now how it becomes important to be faithful to God. 
And that faithfulness comes into sharper focus when you contrast that against the frailty and the unsteadiness of men because sometimes men will be with you and sometimes they'll sing your praises. But the ones that sing your praises today may be the very ones that turn their backs on you tomorrow. The very core of the Jesus movement, uh, hallelujah, glory to God, as a result of his arrest now, he is being, it is being shaken because uh, what has happened to him now is he's been uh, apprehended, he's been arrested, he's been convicted wrongly, hallelujah, and ultimately sent to the cross to be crucified. And so it's at this point where it's no longer popular to be called one of his disciples. It's no longer popular to be called a believer. Hallelujah. And as a result, hallelujah, when we step into this passage of scripture, we find the disciples, they are secluded. They are fearful. They are hidden. Glory to God. They are feeling a great deal of fear. And as we look into this passage of scripture, I want you to start feeling it. I want you to try to experience it. Put yourself in their place. I want you to taste it and perhaps smell uh, hallelujah, what was going on uh, at that particular time. Uh, the disciples who had been used by God, uh, used by Jesus to heal the sick, uh, they had been sent out two by two uh, to testify and preach of the gospel. They had witnessed to people and many were being saved. Uh, hallelujah. They were going in the cities uh, and changing the very fabric. Hallelujah of that city, the very belief system in cities. They were revolutionizing the way that people thought and the way that they believed about Jesus Christ. But here we find them as we go into this particular passage of scripture that they are locked up behind closed doors. They are fearful, uh, hallelujah, that because they have, because the, the, the religious leaders uh, have compromised, have uh, 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 have 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 gotten together with the with the political leaders of that time and they have crucified Jesus Christ uh, hallelujah the one that they thought was going to lead them is now dead uh, and they thought that they were going to be the next ones uh, to be prosecuted uh, they had witnessed uh, Jesus being crucified uh, they have participated many of them uh, glory to God in laying Jesus uh, in the tomb uh, in participating uh, hallelujah in wrapping uh, his rigor mortis riddled body uh, hallelujah Hallelujah, wrapped him up uh, with strips. Uh, hallelujah, he looked like a mummy when they had left him. Uh, and many of his disciples, uh, glory to God, uh, hallelujah, uh, they were discouraged. Uh, they were confused. Uh, and you should be, and you would be confused too if you had laid your life on the line. Uh, if you have put your interest uh, on hold uh, so that you might be able to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, many of them had sacrificed careers. They had walked away from jobs in order to follow Jesus. They had withstood the criticism of their families in order to become a disciple of his. They were so sure that they were that they were getting ready to be part of the setting up 
of a new kingdom that some of them uh, were asking questions and debating uh, which of them was going to sit on the right and which was going to sit on the left. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, all of that debating, uh, hallelujah, was totally irrelevant because the one that was going to lead this revolution uh, is now dead uh, and there is seemingly no way, uh, glory to God, for this kingdom to be able to go on. The disciples are locked up. They are clo they're behind closed doors. They are afraid. Hallelujah. They don't have the courage that they really need to have in order for this movement to go on. And the Bible says all of a sudden, in the midst of their fears, here comes Jesus. And the Jesus, glory to God, that they thought they had left at the tomb was now standing in front of them. Hallelujah. And they're scratching their heads because they witnessed the Roman soldier thrusting a spear into his side. They witnessed the blood and the water coming out of his side to indicate that there was no more life left in him. That same Jesus. Jesus uh, enters into the room uh, and ministers a word of peace. Uh, glory to God to them uh, in the time of their confusion, uh, in the time of their stress, uh, in the time of their uncertainty. And this scene becomes representative uh, of the disconnect, I believe, uh, that we oftentimes, uh, even in our society today, even in our Christian walk with God today, uh, hallelujah, we often experience uh, a situation where uh, we're not sure, uh, we're uncertain, uh, the stresses of our time uh, are getting to us. Uh, and when we decide uh, that we're going to go to God about the situation that we have, uh, we speak to him uh, about something that's taking place in our lives uh, only to realize uh, that when he finally speaks back to us, uh, glory to God, uh, that he doesn't even address what it is that we're we're going through. Uh, he simply says to us in many cases uh, he gives us a directive uh, about what uh, we need to do. Uh, hallelujah because nothing that's in front of us uh, is going to impede uh, the mandate that God has for us. Uh, and, 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 and we aren't able many times to receive from God because in order to receive from him uh, hallelujah we uh, don't necessarily have to have the evidence uh, because we walk by faith and not by sight and we won't always see all of the activity that's taking place behind the scene because we're preoccupied with the thing that's happening right in front of us isn't it interesting to us then that God will speak to you about prospering and you're trying to talk to him about the poverty that you're experiencing God didn't want to hear about the poverty because he's a God that has the ability to provide. God will speak to you about ministering to the needs of somebody else. Glory to God. When you yourself are hoping that somebody will minister to the needs that you have, isn't it amazing that God, hallelujah, will give you a word of encouragement for somebody, hallelujah, right in the middle, hallelujah, of uncertainty in your own 
own life, uh, you wishing that somebody would come by and give you an encouraging word. But Jesus uh, shares with them, uh, his disciples, uh, hallelujah, glory to God, uh, and he tells them, uh, I want peace to be with you. Uh, I am going to give you uh, a directive. Uh, I am telling you right now, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, hallelujah, I want you to move out. Uh, hallelujah, I want uh, you to go out, uh, even as the Father uh, has sent me out. Uh, I'm getting ready uh, to send you out. Uh, and they're saying, Jesus, uh, we're not excited about that. Uh, they're killing people. Uh, we are afraid. Uh, hallelujah. And, and the Lord says to them, uh, don't worry about that. Uh, I've got you covered. Uh, peace be unto you. Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, and so what happens here uh, is Jesus encourages them. Uh, and then what? Uh, because they're not moved by it, uh, what he has to do, uh, he has to do something uh, that really grasps their attention. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that, that, that when they saw his wounds, uh, it was then that they were glad. Uh, hallelujah. When they saw, uh, hallelujah, the nail print in his hand uh, when they saw uh, the, the hole that was in his side uh, the Bible said they got excited uh, about that uh, they begin to rehearse uh, everything that Jesus had told them uh, he told them uh, that I am going to be led uh, hallelujah into uh, hallelujah a court they're going to find me guilty even though I haven't done anything wrong uh, I'm going to be hung on the cross uh, I'm going to die uh, I'm going to be in the grave three days, uh, but I shall rise again. And they couldn't grasp that at the time. But here he is uh, standing in front of them. Uh, and there's nothing like a victory story uh, to help you get excited. Uh, and I want to tell you something. Uh, that this becomes, uh, hallelujah, the impetus uh, for ministry. Uh, glory to God. This is what ministry uh, is really all about. Uh, ministry is not just us being able. Uh, glory to God to stand up here uh, on a Sunday morning. Uh, and preach a message. Give us something. Teach lessons. Hallelujah. Give you three points and a poem. Hallelujah. No, no, no. I don't even care. Hallelujah. If you have the ability to break down scripture, to exegese a text, to be able to, uh, to, to communicate effectively. Hallelujah. And divide Greek and Latin and Hebrew. Real ministry comes as a result of people seeing you get wounded. People seeing you be bruised people being able to see you suffer being able to see you get knocked down but also get back up dust yourself off and keep on going see hallelujah it becomes important for people to see us even during the time of this pandemic they need to see us going through they need to see us lifting up holy hands they need to say hear us say for God I I live and for God I'll die hallelujah glory to God to be able to stand and say regardless of what the enemy is doing I believe that there will be glory after this hallelujah real ministry only happens when you've got some blood when you've got some skin in the game 
and not until you have stood for what you believe, not until what you believe has been challenged and tested, not until you've gone through the storm, hallelujah, hallelujah, and you didn't break down, you didn't give up, you didn't lose hope, not until you have slain the Goliath in your life, hallelujah, will you be able to really do effective ministry. And so Jesus proved the, authentic, uh, the authenticity of who he was and who he is. Glory to God because he showed them that he had suffered, he had bled, that he had died, but he had rose again. And sometimes folk need to see you go through something before they can really believe your testimony. Hallelujah. Because sometimes, you know, if I could use an example, you get married and you recite some vows and you say for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. And it sounds real nice while you're in your tuxedo and while you're in your gown. But let me tell you something, that doesn't mean anything until you go through the sickness. Hallelujah. Until you have lost some things, until you have experienced controversy. Hallelujah. And some way, somehow, you survive what you have gone through. You survived the heartbreak. You survived the setback. You are still, glory to God, together after all that you've been through. And you have the ability to say, hallelujah, I love you more today than I did on yesterday. Real legitimacy is proven in the struggle. You can't say that you're faithful to anything until you've been tested. When Jesus showed them the wounds in his side, when he showed them the nail prints in his hands, the Bible said that they were glad. Hallelujah, they were glad. Uh, that caused me to remember, uh, hallelujah, when God brings you out of something, uh, hallelujah, it's not the going through, uh, hallelujah, that makes you real glad. Uh, it's the coming out uh, that makes you real glad. Uh, has God uh, ever done anything for you? Has God ever brought you out of anything uh, that caused your, heart, caused your heart to leap uh, on the inside of you, uh, that caused your feet uh, to want a dance. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about just in church. I'm talking about, hallelujah, has God ever blessed you so good? You get a phone call while you're cooking in the kitchen. Hallelujah. And the phone call is a blessing to you. You turn, hallelujah, the fire off and begin to praise God right there in the kitchen. Hallelujah. Do I have a witness? Hallelujah. Have you praised him in the restroom on your job hallelujah glory to God because you got good news in the name of Jesus you shouted right there in the doctor's office you could hardly wait until close the door so that you are all by yourself and giving God the praise hallelujah can you help me say hallelujah to God hallelujah 
hallelujah. Have you ever been driving down the street? Glory to God. Maybe listening to your favorite song and part of the lyrics caused you to hit memory recall and you had to pull over to the side just to give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 There is a level of praise that not everybody is able to enter into because not everybody has gone through what you've had to go through. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But I need, I need my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be around people. Hallelujah. When you start giving your testimony and when you start praying, Praising God. They don't get jealous, but they'll praise God with you. Hallelujah. When you say hallelujah, they finish the hallelujah. When you say thank you, they finish with Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. When you realize that almost a hundred thousand people in America, hallelujah, didn't make it because of the coronavirus. But you are one of the ones who did. When you wake up in the morning, you don't have a cough. You don't have a fever. You don't have chills. You don't have diarrhea. You can taste your food. You can smell what's going on around you. It'll cause you to praise God. It'll cause you to say, I lift up my holy hand. And I give God the praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Tens of thousands didn't make it, but I'm one of the ones who did. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The disciples were in the room, and now they are glad. Hallelujah, they've seen Jesus' scars. Hallelujah, and they are glad, all except for one of them, because he was not there. One was missing. One of them was gone. And Jesus had to teach them the value of a complete set. And this is where I want to hang my hat this morning. There's so much joy that can't be realized because we're not complete in the absence of our brother. And if you go out and buy a pair of nice, expensive stilettos from the fashion show mall, not off eBay, from the mall, and end up misplacing one of those shoes. The one that you still have may be just as beautiful as it was the day that you bought it, but it doesn't have the same value because one of them is missing. Jesus teaches the disciples the power of a complete set. He gives them several parables in the book of St. Luke and he teaches them about one lost sheep. He teaches them about 
a lost coin. He teaches them about a lost son because the power is in the set. And you won't be able to rest effectively until everything and everybody is in their place because it needs to be available to you. We need to go on an all-out search for what's missing, the things that's missing in our homes. We need to go on an all-out search for folk that are missing from our church, for what's missing in our relationships, what's missing in our spiritual walk, what's missing in our ability to be effective on our jobs and begin to believe God to cause everything to start coming back in the place. One of the things I'm able to realize as a result of our continual hallelujah prayer on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays, hallelujah, is it's, it's causing people to come back together, hallelujah, and start being in the place Hallelujah, where God has called them to be. Uh, hallelujah, because God has called many of us to a higher calling. He's called us to togetherness. He's called us, hallelujah, to be complete. And so we need to stop fighting against one another and begin to war in the spirit against the enemy. And so the Bible lets us know that because of the disciple that wasn't there, that it becomes important for us to seek out ones that's missing. Have you ever been in a service where the Spirit of the Lord begins to move throughout the entire congregation and the Word of God goes forth and it seems like the entire place where you're worshiping, everybody is being blessed. And you turn and look for someone that you thought should be there. Glory to God. That you believe that this kind of, kind of service, this kind of ministering, uh, hallelujah, would be advantageous for, and they were not there. And right there, the preacher is saying exactly what you thought that they should hear. And the word of the Lord says, that the disciples were glad. Jesus is giving instructions on what to do next. That as the Father has sent me, I'm getting ready to send, send you. I know you're praying, hallelujah, about what's going on out there, but I've already given you, hallelujah, a surety that I'm with you, and you need to just be excited about being able to go out. But they couldn't go out without Thomas. And the Bible says that Jesus left, comes back eight days later when he knew, I guess, that, that Thomas would be there. And the discussion is going on and Thomas is saying, because all of them are excited and he's not excited, they have seen Jesus they have put their finger in the, in the nail spot. They have put their hand in his side. But, but Thomas says, I don't believe any of that. The only way that I believe 
is that I have a chance, my own self, to do what you're talking about. He says, then I believe. And wouldn't you know, right about then, while the door is shut, while they are sequestered, while they have sheltered in place, that Jesus comes walking in or appears, if you will. And he doesn't even ask any questions. He just goes right to Thomas and says, Thomas, put your finger in my hands. Put your hand in my side. And do not from this point on be faithless. And the response that, that Thomas made was, my Lord and my God. And I want to let somebody know today that sometimes your breakthrough is in being faithful. Your breakthrough is, is many times in you being in the right pl place at the right time. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together in the manner of, in the manner of some. But it encourages us to be faithful and consistent and dutiful even in fellowship. One word from God has the ability to change your entire situation. But you can't get that word many times unless, unless you're connected, unless you're, uh, unless you're a part. Hallelujah, you can't go off and do your own thing and expect, hallelujah, that you will be blessed the way that those that are connected to the vine, hallelujah, are connected. The Bible says, uh, glory to God, that the only way that you can, that you can be productive, uh, hallelujah, is that, is that the, 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 the source has to be there and you need to be connected to the source. Suppose. The woman with the issue of blood wasn't in the right place at the right time. Suppose that blind Bartimaeus overslept, hallelujah, and didn't show up when Jesus was passing by. What if Zacchaeus didn't have the, the wherewithal, if you will, to run ahead, climb up in a tree, so that Jesus might be able to see him. He never would have had a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ. It won't be long until we start communing together again. God is going to show us great and mighty things. I believe that God is going to show us and do through us some things that we, he has never been able to do before for us before because I believe that he had used this, this, this crisis in order to galvanize us, to bring us together, glory to God, so that we collectively might be able to do great and marvelous things that we know not of. I believe that this separation has shown many of us the value of how much can be accomplished when we are together versus when we are separate. And I expect, I expect, I have a full expectation. I'm excited today because I just believe that God is getting ready to bring us back and bring us back stronger.
Bring us back with more compassion. Bring us back with greater fervency, with a greater sense of urgency that more of us are going to begin to realize how important it is to be in the will of God rather than be in the anything else. How necessary it is for us to be used by God that now since we have been tested we are ready to make a comeback in ministry I want to pray would that you would bow your heads with me I just believe that God is getting ready to set us up for a great coronation with bowed heads gracious father Lord we thank you thank you Lord Jesus for the privilege and the opportunity God that you have given to us to be called your sons and daughters but more importantly oh God to be used by you thank you for your spirit that resides on the inside of each and every one of us I pray God that there would be an awakening that there would be a shaking that you would begin to revive us Lord let this be the revival that we've really needed in order to catapult us into really want to do what is good and perfect what is that acceptable will of God we come against the enemy right now that even while we're praying this prayer is trying to do his best oh God hallelujah to distract us I pray God for a focus on today I pray oh God that you rebuke the enemy in all of his exploits so that the people of God might be able to hear you I'm praying even now God that those oh God that have estranged themselves from you that you're reaching out right now God to enable them to make a comeback you did it for the prodigal son God I'm asking you to do it for my brother my sister right now in the name of Jesus bring them back God hallelujah they've been missing bring them back in the name of Jesus they've been missing show us where they are show us how to reach them use us God for your glory and we'll be careful to give your name the, the honor the glory and all the praise in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord we thank you right now God amen and amen just before we go hallelujah you may be there glory to God you don't know the Lord in the pardoning of your sins we want to give you that opportunity right now just going to ask you to bow your heads with me and repeat after me Lord Jesus forgive me of my sins I repent of my ways wash me in your blood and cleanse me from all unrighteousness Lord Jesus I believe that you died on the cross just for me and that you were buried and God the Father raised you from the dead on the third day and right now Lord Jesus I open the door of my heart I receive you into my heart 
to be my Lord and personal Savior. And I thank you now. My brother, my sister, if you prayed that prayer, the Lord has saved you because the word of the Lord said that we would confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus. Believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead. You shall be saved. want to encourage you to get into a good Bible-believing, spirit-filled church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe that God will take us to heights unknown. He'll enable us, oh God, to do great turnarounds. God bless you on the day. Hallelujah. We praise God for you. Enjoy your week. Hallelujah. Let's lift up and praise, magnify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah to the glory of God. Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.